You are listening to The Shredcast. No tendies, baby. Yeah. It's the health code for snowboarders. Let's send it. Welcome back to The Shredcast, everyone. Today we have Kelly Kessler. I'm super, super excited to have her here. She's a licensed physical therapist, a transformation transformation coach, and she also owns her own business. We have the same business coach, which is super awesome. And her main focus is uh, helping perfectionist women stop feeling overwhelmed and burnt out and in pain. So obviously she works with women. However, I personally have had a lot of different issues with overwhelm, anxiety, burnout, body pain. I caused TMJ myself. Like it's a whole string of things. And I think a lot of that goes into my snowboarding as well. I am just a super anxious person. I get super afraid of injuries, super afraid of fears. I know majority of my audience also deals with those things. So I wanted to bring Kelly on so we can kind of dive into these things. So thank you for being on the FedCast, Kelly. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to have this conversation. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, definitely. So do you kind of just want to briefly introduce yourself and what you do in a little bit more depth and like your background, how you came into all of this? Yeah, sure. So just like you said, I help high achieving perfectionist women stop feeling overwhelmed, burnout, and in pain. And so this is a personal journey for me. Um, never intended it to get here, but I think it's like my life's calling. So when I was in my late teens, early twenties, I struggled through an eating disorder for six to seven years. Um, and the nature of my eating disorder, I was an athlete. So I would, you know, I didn't even realize it was eating disorder at the time because I just worked hard. Like that's what I did. Like I was always striving for like that next level of excellence. So I was a field hockey player and that's what I did. It's just like, you know, I'd be grinding, just running, running, running all the time, training. And, you know, then I started like eating a little bit more and then I would train even harder because I was eating more and it just kind of like spiraled out of control and um, end up transferring schools. And I think that was really the catalyst where it kind of took off. Um, and so I, again, just kept exercising excessively. So I would eat breakfast, go for a run, lunch, run, dinner, run, when everyone was going out to the bars, I was out running campus. And it really just kind of got to a point where then I started uh, binging and purging through throwing up as well. So it kind of, that's when I realized I had an issue. And then fast forward a few years, recover from my eating disorder. I'm not engaging those behaviors, but I didn't realize at the time, what I realized now is I still have the same mindset that like grind harder, perfectionist, never, you know, let yourself rest. Like same thing, like had anxiety, you know, around everything, worry about everything, negative thoughts, like it consumed my life. So even though I wasn't using the eating disorder to cope, I still had the same mindset. So now I am, you know, in my master's degree, I've been doctor of physical therapy and, you know, move on. And I still have these same issues. And now it was showing up in my life as chronic back pain. So I was having like awful back pain where I couldn't even just get up, you know, or it was like hard to get up from a chair or like out of bed. I had to like, you know, kind of boost myself up. I was stopping on my way to work because of the pain. And so then that, you know, I had, I was dealing with that. And then again, it continued to progress the same mindset I was having and feeling like I was never good enough started manifesting in panic attacks. So I was working as a physical therapist and you, you understand. Yeah. I didn't realize me to a T <laughs> yeah, right. I know there's so many people who experience this and it's like that, that's why I'm like, it, it, we're all in the same boat. We all understand like how this is. And like, at the time I didn't even know it was a panic attack. Like my car had broken down the side of the road on my first day as a physical therapist and working as a physical therapist, it was like nine, 10 o'clock at night. And like the headlights are coming right by me, tractor trailers. I was barely off the road. 
And I just panicked. Like I freaked out. I couldn't think my head, my chest was heavy. I couldn't breathe. I had my then boyfriend, but now husband on the phone. And I was like, I don't know. He was freaking out and he was three hours away. There's, we had just moved to this town. And so I literally had a panic attack that I realized it was, you know, that was my first one. And then this continued on. I was having that before nights. Like anytime I had a stressful event, like I was so heightened. And so through years of this, I eventually realized that the whole common denominator here was that perfectionist mindset, feeling like I had to keep pushing harder and harder. I can't rest. I can't accept help. I have to just keep doing more until I feel like I'm actually enough. And so I'm on the other side of that now. And that's what's inspired me to help others because I didn't realize it was possible to not live like that. And now I do realize that. And so I help others not have to feel like that. Yeah, definitely. Which is amazing because I think like obviously mental health is like a huge topic nowadays, but it kind of takes like a million different turns. Like people tend to go more of like the pill route and pharmaceuticals, which is fine if that works for you. But then there's like all these other wellness things. And I also think that just because you struggle with something like anxiety or you're burnt out or whatever, that doesn't necessarily mean that oh, like there's a chemical imbalance, like that can be part of it. But I also think that this is the other side of it that people should definitely look into a little bit more because it's not as taxing as your body. You're not putting like different things into your body and you can try this route first and see if that makes a huge difference. Yeah, hundred percent. You said it perfectly. And yeah, absolutely. There is a time and place absolutely for medications and some people absolutely need them and it's not needing them, but there is that kind of middle place where it's like, maybe you're not appropriate for the medications, but also you don't, shouldn't have to live like this. And that's, that's kind of where I'm helping people is how can we modify a behavior? How can we modify our mindset, our subconscious mind and our nervous system that now we don't have to go to the point where we're using medications? Yeah, definitely. So do you kind of want to talk about like, I guess some methods that you use for people when they are dealing with just like being burnt out and like anxious and they just don't know what to do? Yeah. So the big thing is just awareness. Like we're not even aware that like the things that are driving us are, are not serving us. So for me and many of the people I work with is we have these subconscious beliefs that like, we have to take care of everybody else before ourselves. We have to continue to strive for excellence. Like we can't let our foot off the gas pedal because things will spiral out of control. Like we have all these beliefs that we have ingrained in us. And a lot of our beliefs come from our childhood and experiences and messages that we've received from those years and we don't even realize that they're not true and the dangerous thing is that they ride under the surface so they literally become our rule book for life and we're not even aware that this is what's dictating our entire life so what i do is i help people get into a place where their mind and their body can get into a place where they can start reprogramming those subconscious messages so i work through the nervous system in getting that stress response that we have, that fight, flight, freeze, that we are basically stuck in because we're in constant stress mode from all this and teaching you how you can use your mind and your body in conjunction to bring yourself into a place of more of like a harmonious rhythm. And then once you're in that place, your brainwaves actually change. So you're actually allowed to, you're able to dive in deeper. And now you can start getting into some of those subconscious reprogramming methods. So like for me, meditation was like, oh, it never worked. Like, cause I would just sit there silently and think of everything negative. And I'm like, yeah, this is the same. worst. Like, yeah, I'm like, I was so frustrated. I'm like, I know everyone talks about the benefits, but it doesn't work for me. And I like, that was so frustrating. And then once I realized that like, we can be intentional about this and change how our bodies working, change how the 
uh, rhythm of our brainwaves are, are working, now we can actually use meditation. And that, that was like a big game changer for me. So I help other people go through their mind, go through their body, use the, the huge connection between those two to actually change their thought process and change how their body is receiving that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's huge. I think one of the biggest things that I see from my audience from the snowboarders is just that overarching fear. Like whether they've been injured before or they're just afraid of being injured, like that just takes over everything. And I know for me, like after I was injured, I didn't touch that like same type of feature that I was injured on for almost an entire year. Like I didn't, it was in my head that like, I was never going to get back to that level because something bad could happen again. And I know a lot of people won't even try like the harder things because of that fear. They're like, something might happen or whatever it may be. And so I talk a lot about like that fight or flight response and like what's actually happening when you're getting this like overwhelming, anxious, like fear response and like ways that it's kind of taking over your life, but it is controllable if you kind of like slow it back down and like, okay, what's actually happening? And something I really think about a lot is, or like talk about a lot is gaining that confidence in your abilities. So like specifically for snowboarding, what I do with my functional training and what I do with the clients that I have is we practice things off the snow so that you are aware of your body and your mind and what it's doing, what it needs to be doing. So that when you transfer it and you do get that fear response, because it's probably never going to go away. Like you're just going to have to learn how to deal with it. You can then take it and rewire your brain and be like, okay, well, I know what I'm doing. I know what I have to do. My body knows how to do this. So yeah, I might be a little bit scared, but you know that you have the confidence, you have the ability to actually go and do it. 100%. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And I, I love the way you do that. And that's that's exactly the best way to do it with a brain. Because again, it's not a, about removing fear. It's about doing things in spite of the fear being there. And that's really what courage is. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's doing things be, with fear there and doing it regardless and doing it in a way that you're not bombarding the system, but easing into it. So incrementally, just like you're talking about. So that's that's perfect way to do that. Absolutely. Because if you go too far too fast, you're going to backfire. It's going to backfire. Yeah. You're going to continue that fear response. And then you're going to continue that like paralysis of action. And that's, that's the opposite of what anyone wants, especially when you're training for snowboarding. So huge. Yeah, definitely. There. Do you kind of want to talk about like burnout a little bit? Obviously you were an athlete, so I'm sure you yeah. understand kind of like that athletic burnout. I know some people that are listening to me are possibly just like the weekend warrior. Like they don't live in the mountains or they just go whenever they can. But I still think that people like that get that burnout, whether you're a pro or you're like brand new to it, just because of the overstimulus that's happening all the time. And just like the the physical and mental battle that you fight when you're doing like a super high intense sport like snowboarding is. Yeah, absolutely. So burnout really happens with when we lack the energy to continue to move forward. So energy, we usually think of as like, we have it or we don't, but really energy is about your perception of life and giving things meaning. So like when you're training for snowboarding or training for athletics, and you're in a place where you find it's you're growing, you're enjoying it, there's a lot of like excitement about it your energy levels are high. So it's even if you're engaging in a lot of physical energy, you're still bringing up your emotional and mental energy. So you're going to continue to, con- to do that. 
And in the process, if you're rewarding your progress in that, you get this dopamine increase each time. So rewarding your progress, not the result, is the best way to do it. So that can keep somebody in the game. What happens with burnout is that when we start to go too much and we continue to focus on negatives, like you may have done 95% of it right, but you focus on the 5% that could have been better. So especially like that perfectionist mindset. Yep, me too. <laughs> that was me. Yeah. So now instead of focusing on what you did good and getting that dopamine to keep the motivation going, you focus on the 5% that you could have done better. And now you start experiencing that shame, that guilt, that like fear. And those are all those lower emotions and lower emotions, again, perpetuate that stress response. And they also become very draining. We can't live in those lower emotions. So for people who experience burnout in athletics, it's a tendency to focus on the negatives, the, what they could have done better instead of rewarding the progress. And a lot yeah. of times for people, they focus on the result. Like maybe, you know, I'm not too familiar snowboarding, I ski, but like maybe it was, you know, you hit something that you've been wanting to hit and great. Okay. You're focused on the result, but what if you didn't hit it? And now it doesn't matter how much progress you made towards that. You just look at the sheer fact that you didn't hit that. And so yeah. are you looking at the result or the progress? And so it really comes down to what you're focusing your energy on. Are you focusing on the outcome or the progress that you've made? And then how long are you staying in those lower emotions? So it's okay to experience negative and lower emotions, but how do we elevate those quicker and get ourselves where we do recognize what we've done well? So that's when burnout happens when we don't do that well. Mm -hmm. How would you recommend for people to kind of come out of that when they are feeling like those super negative thoughts? Because I know like my audience may have just recently seen that I was trying to learn how to like front flip, basically it's called a tame dog. And um, I tried it for two days straight, absolutely bodied myself and never technically landed it. And so on yeah. that last day, when I finally like never got it, like I was really low. I literally started crying. Like I was just pissed off at myself. Like I was just mad that like I tried for so long and I couldn't get it. And then like other people around me tried for like a third of the amount of time and got it. And yeah. so I was just like pissed at myself. And I just was like in such like a dark place, but I was able to bring myself out pretty quick. But I honestly don't really know how I did that. So like, what do you yeah. tell people when they're kind of dealing with that thing? So yeah, it's it's okay. And it's natural to experience those emotions. Like that's that's a normal emotion where it's like you're working really hard for something, it doesn't work out, and then you get frustrated. So it's okay to kind of sit in those emotions for a while, allow yourself to experience it. Because if you try to like suppress it, it's only going to get worse. So it's okay to feel that. But it's important to now take a step back. And even though the result, again, was not what you intended, how can you look at it like, what did I learn from this? What was something that I learned from the start to where I am today? And focusing on like your own progress, what is something that you've gained, even though the result was not what you intended, what's something you've gained along that progress route? So that's a huge way to kind of pull yourself out of it. And the big three things, the three C's that will pull us down and keep us in the, like that burnout negative place are going to be comparison, complaining, and criticism. So if we get stuck in those places, which... you can't keep calling me out like this. <laughs> <laughs> That's an, and I know because I was like, I was that. And I, I mean, it's an ongoing progress. I still like, to be honest, I get stuck in that too. And it's, I think it's just part of that human nature, but you know, again, I, I don't stay there as long, but it is those three C's that 
we can get stuck in. So if we're comparing ourselves to others, I mean, there will be people that are going to get it quicker and, and, you know, that does kind of hurt, but then it's just removing yourself from that comparison, criticizing yourself. So you definitely don't want to criticize yourself and you don't want to criticize others. That's going to bring you down to those lower energies and then complaining. So, you know, obviously we can't exonerate those from our lives. Like those will exist, but it's just recognizing what's our focus on. So if you start focusing on what did I do well, what can I learn from this instead of like, what didn't go well, it's all about the questions we ask ourselves. Like, what can I learn versus what's wrong with me? Why am I not getting this? And if you ask those questions, you get the answers. Unfortunately, you don't really want. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for a really long time. And I mean, it's still like a daily thing, but I was just like always so negative in just like my daily life. Like it didn't matter whether it was in sports or just school or literally anything. Like I just always had like a negative outlook on things. Mm -hmm. And when I finally was just like so sick and tired of listening to myself complain Mm -hmm. all the time, I was just finally like, okay, how can we like make this perspective change of like, okay, yeah, this sucked, but how can I look at it in a better way? How can I try to find the good in everything that I'm doing, whether it's in training and maybe that workout felt like it completely failed or I couldn't get the skill that I wanted to get or I don't know, whatever it may be and trying to find that positive. Do you have like tips for doing that and kind of like shifting that perspective change? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say when, cause I, I was your, I was you too. Like literally everything was negative. I'm like, you know, you do, you get sick of hearing yourself, but you're like, why am I just stuck in this negativity? Like you can pull yourself an out, uh, out enough to realize it's happening, but not out enough to realize how to stop it. And that that's the frustrating part where you're like, stop thinking this way, you know? So a, a big thing you can do is just one, give yourself some grace. So if you are a negatively driven person and you continue to have negative thoughts, realize that it takes training to pull yourself out of that. Because when we do tend to think negatively, if you think about the brain, it's wiring. So what fires together, wires together. So if we've done this for 10, 15, 20 years, we have very strong pathways that are negatively driven. So that's going to be one thing is like, it's going to take time to rewire your brain to think differently. So if you do do that, you know, don't come down to yourself and then continue the cycle. Just be like, okay, I'm thinking negatively. I recognize I'm doing it. There's nothing wrong with me. It's just part of the process of getting out of this. So that's one thing, just realizing that's, that's a normal process, but also understanding negative thinking that our brains are initially wired to be negatively driven because negative emotions and thoughts are actually protective. So our brain's number one priority is to protect you. So it's going to be, have a much more powerful message when it's negative versus positive. So just understanding that there's nothing wrong with you. So if, you know, for, that was a big thing for me is like, wow, I always thought there was something wrong with me. Why am I such a negative person? But there's nothing wrong with you. It's just that we haven't been intentional enough to change it. So intention is everything. So having triggers throughout the day where you can change that, like, you know, if I sit down on this desk, I can say, okay, who needs me on my A game right now? Who can I best serve? You know, looking outside yourself, be like, who needs me to be the best version of myself? That's a big one. So having, you know, doorway triggers, like, you walk in the doorway, like I'm going to live in abundance and I'm going to see the good in things today. So having those little triggers throughout the day are so important to just reset the brain. And then another big thing is recognizing things you can be grateful for. So you can't be negative and grateful at the same time. It just doesn't work as far as our wiring. So if we can start focusing on things we can be grateful for, and it it sounds so cliche, but it really does work. And this was a big one for me. I had to learn too, because I was in such a negative spot, especially in this one aspect of my life. And I was like, well, what can I even be grateful for? Like my life sucks right now, you know? 
So that was something that I had to learn. Like maybe it's not the big things in your life. What's the smallest thing you can be grateful for? Like maybe it's the fact that you have water or maybe it's the fact that there was a nice breeze on your cheek. So looking at the smallest things and then stepwising it. So you can't climb a ladder from the bottom rung to the top one without doing the ones in between. So don't expect that for your brain either. You have to take each little incremental step and be consistent with it. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I think like, at least for my audience of snowboarders, I'm going to assume that they're similar to me in the fact that the reason that they're here is because they want to train for something because they want to get better. Like, yeah, maybe that better is I just don't want to get hurt. Or maybe that better is I have a lot of goals in freestyle snowboarding or alpine snowboarding that they want to hit. Because I know for me, being a perfectionist my whole life, I did a lot of sports growing up. I was a swimmer. I I, uh, did horseback riding competitively did snowboarding eventually like I just tried everything but my biggest like it it was a it was a good thing but also kind of one of my biggest flaws is that I was such a perfectionist that I wanted to be good at everything to the point where I would then eventually quit because if I didn't have that like ultimate goal that I decided I needed to have I was like this sucks I'm not going to do this anymore like I'm trying so hard and I can't get it and I know a lot of people kind of get this way with snowboarding where they almost get bored in it because they don't know how to progress. And so they're like, well, this isn't that fun anymore because they have these goals that they want to hit. So I'm going to assume that the people that are following me are going to have a similar mindset because if you're, if you want to train for something, it's because you have an ultimate goal that you want to hit. Right. So I kind of want to talk about like, whether it's that fear of injury or it's just that training, you talked about your chronic back pain and like how these ideas of perfectionism and these massive goals that you might want can actually trigger pain, can trigger pain. So like, do you kind of want to talk about that and how that works like neuromuscularly and how that can actually be triggering like some of these people's pain? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So and talk about like when you're a perfectionist, it is that dichotomous point of view, like it's black or white, like you're either good or you're not, you know, like you're going to be in or you're quitting, you know, it's either perfect or I'm not starting. And so this can be very stressful. The stakes are always high when you're a perfectionist. It has to be the top level of your ability and you have to there's also that desire for people to like, like it. And there's that desire for you to be like, this is the best. And it's always that unobtainable. So it becomes very, very stressful. The stakes like are again, just high and you're juggling 10 different balls. You can never let one drop. And often the one that drops is your own self-care and your sanity and your mental, emotional, and physical well-being. So when you're doing that for day in and day out, year in and year out, decade, you know, however long you're living like that, you're in a stress response because there is that fear of failure. There is that fear of like your own criticism. There's that negative energy that you're living with. There's that fear of never being good enough, never being worthy, only worthy if you actually hit that goal or get the degree or get the job. Like everything is attached to something outside yourself. And so this can be really, really hard on your system because you're in a stress response. So when you live in this stress response forever, again, you get that fight or flight a freeze response with a sympathetic nervous system, which runs the whole operating system of your body. So your heart rate, breathing rate, your hormones, your reproductive system, your blood pressure, your muscles, fascia, which is your connective tissue, everything is run by this operating system. So if you're in a stress response for a long period of time, your system is perceiving it as if like there's a bear and we need to run, like that's that threat. 
even though there's not actually a bear, but it's that stress response because we're still primitively wired. So you're saying there's a bear in front of you for a year, a decade, and you're never letting your system rest because there's always a threat to the system. So when this continues on for as long as it does, things wear out and, and our system can't handle that. Things become very dysregulated, off balance. There's no harmony in the system. It's just trying to survive. So everything is triggered in a way that it's survival mode. So your breathing rate becomes quick. Your blood pressure increases. Your muscles are tense. Your fascia changes its properties and it stays like that. And so when you're in that place, that's where you start seeing pain. You start seeing inflammation. You start seeing all kinds of things that, again, they're not beneficial for a snowboarder, especially if you're injured or you have a more a higher propensity for injury because you're tense. So that's how that mind-body connection works. If you're always in a stress response because of your perception and the meaning you give to life, your body responds in a way as if it has to run all the time and it just doesn't work for long-term. Yeah, definitely. I feel, I feel that like all the time that yeah. is the story of my life yeah. yeah it's it gets so draining and I think like it creates it, like obviously it's what stems into those negative thoughts that you feel all the time like all of it is interconnected obviously but it's like you almost get like that self-doubt of like okay I'm have this massive goal and now I feel like I can't hit it so I'm gonna doubt that I even have the ability to and then your now your muscular system is affected so now you have pain and then you can't regulate that and so now you have doubt in just even your physical ability to be anywhere and yeah. then it just keeps like spiraling and spiraling it's just like this snowball effect and I think like a lot of times for snowboarders they really do have this self-doubt because snowboarding is difficult to learn so then you get up to this point of like okay I can get down the mountain but I see all these people doing all these crazy things and some of them just have like this natural ability or like they almost feel like they don't even have like a fear response at all. Like fear doesn't exist in their brain. Like at least like when I was learning to snowboard, like a lot of my friends were like teenage to younger 20 males where like they're invincible. <laughs> like it just yep. kind of happens a lot with the like with males and they'll just try all these crazy things. And then my like female brain is like, I'm going to die if I do any of this. And so I would hold myself back and hold myself back. And so it felt like for so many years, I just like couldn't progress at all. And it was just getting to a point where it was so frustrating where I could never get where I thought I should have been after years and years and years. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly it. It's that vicious cycle that you get stuck in. And then of course there's emotions that play in that because you want to be a certain place, but you're not, and you know, you're capable of it, but then you wonder why you're not doing it. And, and procrastination is a big part of that perfectionism. You fail to act, to move yourself forward in every way, shape and form. And it's because it all needs to be perfect. And there's that stress again, there's fear. There's so many things that are going into it because you're technically in survival mode. So your system saying, no, you need to protect yourself. That's the priority. Your priority is not to be creative, be social go out and be adventurous that's not your priority you're in protection mode so when you're in survival mode nothing takes precedence over that and so it can be really frustrating when you desire all these things but you feel like your system is almost not allowing you to do that and mm -hmm. a lot of times we say what's wrong with me and then again it just perpetuates that record rather than recognizing my system's doing exactly what it needs to but I'm not giving it the tools that it needs to to get out of that survival mode yeah definitely do you kind of want to talk about like the importance of like mental and emotional resilience in like facing these challenges and almost like pushing those boundaries of like, 
okay, I don't have to be perfect. I can progress a small amount. And like the, the change that you kind of have to do in order to kind of get out of that mindset and actually start making the progress that you want to see? Yeah, it's a really good question. And, and so with resilience, we, we learn to basically when we're in survival mode, we don't have a lot of resilience. We're just trying to survive. So we can't buffer things. So it's like when you're in a stress response and then someone cuts you off, you know, you're like throwing your hands up, you're reacting or, you know, you're just, you're, you flip out because you're already at your heightened like stress level. And like that just put you over the edge very easily versus like when you're resilient, you have a much bigger buffer to think rationally, to react rationally and respond rather than just act on emotion. So that all comes down to like that nervous system where we, if we have a regulated nervous system, we can handle more. So, you know, I know this is a podcast, but if you, if you think of like a gentle roller coaster, like up and down, that's how our nervous system should be acting. Just, you know, it's going to come up because of course there's stress in life. And then it comes down to relax, comes back up and that's how it should be. But when we're constantly in a stress response, living with perfectionism, you know, striving for excellence, feeling like we're failing, you have these spikes where you're up and then you stay up there and then you're so tired that you crash all the way down. Then you're like dissociated. You're like, I'm exhausted. I have nothing left. I'm running on fumes. And then you sit there long enough until you can gain the muster, you know, muster up enough energy to get back up. And then you Mm -hmm. go back up and maybe you hit the slopes and then something doesn't go well. And you're right back up saying, what's wrong with me? Oh gosh, this is the worst. I'm not good at this. I'm not cut out for this. And then you maybe take a few days off because you're so frustrated with yourself. You come back down, you again, muster up more energy, you're back up. And it's like, you are just responding to everything that is going on outside of you or reacting rather not responding. You're reacting to everything that's happening. And if it's not happening, well, you are just, you're not buffering anything. You're just, you're allowing life to dictate where your emotional status is. And when you're like that, you also can't think clearly. So you're not very you're not able to have clear thoughts and realize like, how do I problem solve out of this? You know, this is what's going on. You can't think rationally. So it becomes this perfect storm. So when we start recognizing how we can uh, get into a place of harmony in our nervous system, regulate our nervous system and have tools, that's when we can cultivate resilience. And that all comes down from the habits that you do, because when you are stressed, you go back to the habits because that's most familiar and that's just how our brains work. So if you have habits that serve you that are serving your nervous system, you're going to be much more resilient than somebody that has no habits set for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And something I'm implementing in my like new training program is just like a quick little habit guide for people of like learning how to implement like these healthier habits, because it is so hard to build up new things. And like you've just said, it's so easy to fall back into just like this comfort zone. And I know like a lot of people that are athletic, that snowboard, me speaking from personal experience right now, just trying to get this program out. I've been like staying up till one, 2am every night, barely eating, haven't worked out. Like, it's just like, my body is just like breaking down because I'm not taking care of it. And it's so I resort back to these like stupid habits that I built up when I was younger and like was in this perfectionist stage. And I'm like, everything has to be perfect. It doesn't matter if my physical health is there or not. Like I just have to do this and I have to hone in and get it done. And so I think a lot of that goes into um, just that survival mode again. So when you're working with clients that are like going through this, how do you, like, what do you do to kind of shift them from survival mode to like thriving? Like what are like, just like a simple step-by-step thing so that people can kind of get a hold of what they should be doing? 
Yeah. So I always do a, a whole life audit. So I look at your energy levels, sleep, sleep disturbances, excuse me, sleep disturbances, your self-efficacy. Do you believe that you can improve? I look at um, your relationships in your life, your you know, um, pain catastrophization. So if you're experiencing pain, what is it like? Um, stress level. So I look at everything that's going on in your life and I have a, a whole audit that I have put people through. So that first is the big thing they can bring awareness to their life. So they look at all different aspects of their life and that as well. And they can see like, okay, I'm doing well in relationships, but I'm really suffering in self-care or I'm really suffering in everything maybe. And that's, a, that's usually the case is everything's kind of spiraling. So awareness is the first part, bringing awareness to what is your life like? Because a lot of times we are on autopilot. We have to go to work. We have to do this. There's just things that demand us all the time. We don't even realize that we're feeling a certain way and we suppress these emotions a lot too. So awareness is the first part. And then I dive into a lot of education. So knowledge, it all starts with thoughts. So once we can think differently, now our emotions respond differently and now it embeds in our body differently. So I do a whole educational piece on the nervous system, why we feel the way we do. So again, separating that there's nothing wrong with you. It's just that your body's responding in the way that it was designed to. And then diving into the actual nervous system regulation tools. So looking, you know, using the vagus nerve, using gentle movement, breath work, uh, tapping, there's a lot of different tools to bring the system back down into harmony. And then I dive into the subconscious reprogramming once our system can even receive that and then go through the audit at the end. So, and again, there's support and community and, and accountability throughout that. So you're, you're guided along in the process. Mm-hmm. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And it just gives like a really good layout of kind of auditing yourself. I think, like you said, is like step one. But even going through those steps, just kind of with yourself to audit, like, can I even receive these things? Like, do I even know that this is happening? I feel like a lot lot of times you have to kind of like disassociate with yourself to even like look from like a bird's eye view of, okay, how are you responding to this? Like, what is actually going on? Because I feel like it just does kind of come down to like your subconscious taking over. It totally does. Yeah. I mean, our subconscious mind runs 95% of our thoughts. So that's literally most of your life. So it's like, you know, when we get an update on our phone where you like hit update and we're good to go, but when's the last time you updated your subconscious mind, the programming that is literally running your life. And that's the problem for a lot of people is that we don't even know what's running our life. We just operate with old messages that maybe we receive from our parents, teachers, and they're living on old messages. So if we never change this, things just continue. Mm -hmm. Do you kind of want to touch on like limiting beliefs then maybe? Because I feel like that would hold like a pretty big thing. Like Mm -hmm. I'm thinking just from the snowboarder's mind, like a limiting belief of whether you can even make the progression that you want to hit or whether like health and wellness is actually going to make a huge impact. Like in snowboard culture, a lot of times I guess like since it started it it kind of started as like the anti-skiing it was like this rowdy crew it stemmed from skating it was like we're just gonna go out there and party and like kind of be those rowdy people like it was like not cool to take care of yourself and be healthy and like train like that was not part of the culture and so a lot of that is like trying to shift now because it is so hard on your body and it does take a toll on you mentally too so there's like a lot of limiting beliefs, I would say that people are like, oh, like this isn't important. Like this doesn't matter that much. Like all these other people that were pros didn't have to do it. So why should I have to do it? Yeah. I mean, those, those are everything. When you start having that, that mentality going into it 
And you, if you believe that now your actions follow. So if you truly believe that like doing self-care doesn't matter, then of course you're not going to do it. And then you may be more susceptible to injury stress. And now you get the result that maybe you're not as good as other people. And now it almost confirms the poor limiting belief that you had in the beginning, because if you're getting the result that you're not doing well, you're like, oh, well, you know, I this is just, I, maybe I'm not cut out for this. You know, it's like, it just reaffirms it. So, you know, another one could be about, you know, with snowboarding is like, maybe I started too late, you know, maybe I should have started when I was younger, you know, like I, I know I'm a skier and I always heard that I started when I was young, but I always heard people be like, I learned too late. I'm not going to be good at this. You know, it's like, yeah. well, is that true? Like, did, is there some rule book that says, unless you start before age of 10, like you're never going to be successful, you know, like, yeah. so yeah, these things just that pop in our head that you don't even know where they come from sometimes, you know, it could just be something again you heard on the news or maybe you're watching coverage and someone just said something and maybe it's something that serves them but is it working for your life. And so you really have to look at yourself and that that is that huge like comparison thing is like oh well they don't do it I should be fine, but we all we have to filter through our own life so if someone can snowboard and not really do the self-care stuff that they need to do and they're successful. Okay. Well, that just happens to work for them, but is it true that that will also work for me? And in many cases it's not. So you have to filter everything through your own filter, but that's also you being in touch with yourself enough to know what does work for you. And that's where I find people have a hard time because they don't even know themselves enough to know how they can take the information that they receive in the world and filter it through what's true for them. And, and that's really where people get stuck is that they're like, oh, well, Joe Schmo does this, I'll do this. And then yeah. they don't change anything or don't know why they're doing it or, or just have this limiting belief that continues and then their results perpetuate the poor cycle of thinking. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that just goes huge into my next point of just like that mind-body connection. So like, mm -hmm. especially in athletics or like even just going to the gym, like you hear it so much of like, you have to have that mind to muscle connection in order to like see the gains, see the growth, like all those kinds of things. And like, yeah, that's true. But also it comes onto like a deeper level than that of like, do you even know what your body should be doing? Like, do you understand the biomechanics of what you should be doing? Do you know why? Do you know, are you like having some sort of internal thought of, oh, well, I don't know how to do this, but I'm just going to try it anyway. And then you hurt yourself and now you have that. So, I mean, I think that goes into it a lot. Like for me, I would try the same trick over and over again. And then sometimes I would nail it and then I could never repeat it. And so I was never actually getting like feedback yeah. from what I was doing. And so I never knew how to actually nail anything. So I would hit this high of like, oh my God, I did it. And then mm -hmm. I couldn't ever do it again. And then it would be like this ultimate low. And I was yeah. just like fighting with that for so long. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. That, that is that's really it. I mean, if you don't have the feedback, you, you can't figure out what was going on, or if maybe there's so many variables, you don't know which one was actually working for you. So yeah, I mean, that's huge. And just not having that connection, like you may think like, yeah, I just have to go harder, but if you're not even aware of your body placement, your, your biomechanics or anything, or you've had a previous injury that has maybe stifled some of that connection between the mind and body, now you're running up against a lot of things. So you have to really, sometimes you have to pause 
to move forward. And, and I always use the example sometimes it's like a slingshot, like a slingshot can't go forward unless you pull it back. So sometimes you have to pull back, slow down. You know, I love how you take people off the snow and do things on the ground. And that is a great way to, to take a step back. And, you know, maybe another step back is just recognizing your body awareness, you know, in slow movement. And like, there's so many ways you can take a step back, but yeah, I think for the most part, people tend to just go full out and just go right to the trick. But sometimes you do have to break it down before you can really understand what's working and what's not. Yeah, definitely. Well, that kind of covers it. I mean, I think we hit like a ton of topics yeah, for is, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's <laughs> great. I know you're so good. Yeah, I love the questions that you asked. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, it really just kind of comes down to personal experience. Like, I don't know, I mentioned earlier, like I rode horses competitively and I don't know like if anyone listening or if you yourself are familiar with like the realm of like competitive horseback riding, like specifically I did like hunter jumper, like English riding. And it's literally known to be perfect, like perfection. Like you get judged on how perfect you are. So it's like, that was like the most like mentally taxing thing on me. Like I would put in a run and then all of a sudden I would get second place and I was like crying, like couldn't, I mean, I was like young, but I just like couldn't handle it. I was like, why am I not perfect? Like, why can I not be better? And like, I think that that just like stemmed this like major thing that just keeps going, going, going. And like, same with school. Like I did it to myself from an early age. I never had parents tell me like, you have to get good grades. I just like internally decided that I have to get like the best grades in the world. And I couldn't let that go. I I can really a hundred percent. I mean, I wasn't a horse jumper, but that mentality was me too. Like I can totally relate. And it's like, sometimes it's really hard to figure out where are these messages coming from? Because if you don't have these like explicit things, like, you know, you said your parents didn't say that, but you just internalize these things. It's, it's hard to kind of dive into it. But the biggest thing is like asking yourself, like, you know, okay. So I didn't get first, like, is that the end of the world? You know, at the time you do think it is the end of the world, you know, and that's that hard place to be in. Cause it's when you're outside of it, you can see a little bit more clearly, but when you're in it, you do think it's like the end of the world when you don't get first. So it can be really challenging to start diving into some of these things and recognizing like, why do I believe what I believe? And is it helping me move forward? Yeah. In life? Yeah. I think for snowboarding specifically, just kind of wrap this up. I think mm-hmm. the biggest thing that I started focusing on is like the creativity and like how fun it is. And like, if you can just turn this into, okay, I want to be really good and then go from, okay, yeah, the being really good will come if you enjoy it. And if you find like your own style and your creativity and you're just like with friends and you're just vibing and you're just having a good time, it just naturally makes it so much better. Yeah. That's such a good way to, I mean, really just adding fun into anything, such a huge thing. So yeah, that's right on. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for coming on here. I really, really appreciate it. If you just want to let people know like your Instagram handle, your website, how people can find you if they want to connect with you and work with you personally. Sure. Yeah. And thank you again for having me on. This has been awesome. So you can find me on all social media platforms under Dr. Kelly Kessler. And then my um, website is optimalyouhealthandwellness.com. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I'll definitely have that all linked below too. If anyone wants to check her out, highly recommend it. Lots of tools out there for awareness. And just, I think for snowboarders specifically, if all of you guys are struggling with fear, I think going and talking to Kelly and implementing the stuff that we talked about will really help you take a step back so you can start controlling that fear and actually making the progress that you want to see on the hill. So hundred percent recommend. And yeah, thank you again for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. It's been fun. Thank you so much. Of course.